It's starting to come <laughs> to fruition. Uh, uh, it's oh, well, let me hang on. Did you tweet this? I'll uh, retweet it. Yeah, I'll get some people in here. Yeah, for reals. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> I probably should have made this unrecorded. Uh, uh, I don't mind. Like, I'm only I'm okay, just gonna speak either. what I know. So, dude, uh, your solitude work has been rad. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It's uh, it's what I enjoy. Uh, really cool. And the loans. Trying <clears throat> to talk Osmo and the loans. Generally, like I, I like Osmo. I, I, I like what they do. Uh, the team, the work they do is really cool. I just think that uh, there's, a, there's a bit of crazy going on now, which is always fun. Yeah, I think I, you know, there's definitely rumors out there about like change of guard and change of hands, and now there's competition, right? So like, if you look at like. Adam Accelerator DAO and, and AZ and, and Duality and Neutron coming to play. I mean, there's like real competition like within the Cosmos ecosystem. Like wind wasn't really competition, but as more and more competition is added, it's like, where's it going to be the home for all the liquidity? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I kind of messaged, uh, I was messaging in a group chat yesterday, literally this. Uh, and I don't necessarily think, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, Osmo's a rug, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, if there's bugs, cool. That's you know, everyone writes bugs. That's fine. Um, fundamentally, Osmo's problem is not unique to Osmo. Hundred um, percent. I think this. I think this plan of like concentrated liquidity. We're intending to like we're, we're intentionally driving liquidity away. I think is a really interesting narrative, um, and I think concentrating liquidity makes sense. Uh, I don't think the narrative of we're intending and and meaning to have less liquidity. Um, I think Osmo was always destined to have substantially less liquidity um, over time because of the inflationary nature of Cosmos L1s, right? Yeah. Um, Value is always going to be extracted when, and the token prices are always going to trend down when they're hyperinflationary. So pairing all of these L1s that have been hyperinflationary for a year and a half, two years, against the hyperinflationary DEX token means that liquidity is going to exit. It's inevitable. <laughs> the worst thing that they could have ever did was get a stable coin involved. Because as soon as you get the stable coin involved and get like lots of liquidity within the stable coin, basically everybody's going to run through the exit for the stable coin. That's it. That's the game. Yeah, and if and if you look at um, the highest volume pools, right? Um, most of the high volume pools on the daily is Adam and Adam Osmo and Adam USDC, and the reason for that 
is because those are your best exit points, mm-hmm. right? You you swap to Adam, you go to a central exchange, you sell it. You swap through the Osmo pool to USDC, you Axelar bridge it out. Those things make sense. Um, so I think on those pools in particular, there should be a much higher swap fee to pay mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. exiting those pools. Then Osmo, yeah, you might be leaving, but Osmo's taking a larger cut on those pools. They're the primary pools. I think you should be you should be charging more to exit and incentivizing those pools more to provide liquidity. Okay, um, I, I'm sure you got like loan data. I want to I want to pro what Osmo and Osmosis did. I want to like I want to like I got in early. I was working at Psalm at the time. Everybody was like super hyped about it, and they did like compared to like Sushi and the other V2 forks, they did a lot, a lot of really good things well, right? So they basically gave the first spot of liquidity to every single L1 in the Cosmos ecosystem. There wasn't anywhere to trade, like maybe Akash and Kronos, but like there wasn't any place to trade like all these other, these pairings, right? So there's all these tokens and all these pairings and then IBC comes along and Osmo comes along and it's like finally launched. And finally, you can, you know, trade out of this position. The validators themselves are like, cool, I can, I have a place to trade because they're, none of these things were listed on centralized exchanges like Regen and, and, and all these other ones. None of them were listed. And so there was like nine pools. And I saw this, saw this come into play um, within, within Sushi, right? When Sushi Swap had nine pools, the amount of buy pressure on those nine pools was intense and amazing. And like, I, I did very, very well with Sushi. And then what happened over time was as more pools were added, they got to like the 20th pool, a lot of Sushi buy pressure came in, right? And so Osmo, by pairing with all these Cosmos pools, created an immense amount of buy pressure through all the tokens throughout the entire Cosmos ecosystem and everything was going up into the right, right? So all of these validators were happy. All of the people in Cosmos were happy. They did two other things. They created like the gamma bonding rate where they slowed down the sale. The longer you locked up your LP position, um, effectively you would get more interest, right? And you would get more APY. So that excited somebody. Like, so if you look at Sushi and the other V2 forks on outside of Cosmos, there was no lockup period. So people would be very like come in and they would be like very mercenary. They would come in for a day, out for a day. They would come and get some rates, get come and leave, right? So it was very, very mercenary. By giving, incentivizing longer lockups with the Gamma, effectively Osmo slowed down the sale and locked everybody up for a longer time, which was amazing. Really, really smart. The other thing that they did was they created a habit where I was going back every single day at noon. I was going back. I couldn't wait to see how much like Osmo I was going to get in my positions. And go in and like, you know, get the rewards on a daily basis. Daily rewards were amazing. Creating it like a, almost like an event driven thing where it was a habit of going back and getting those rewards. And so, you know, giving liquidity to Cosmos finally, doing longer sales cycles and, and bonded rates for APY, slowing down the sale, incentivizing, just holding and letting the position there and coming back on a daily basis created three different like, new ways that a, a, a V2 AMM was, was going to function and it created uh, excitement about it. Um, and so I think there was some really, really good things going on there. Uh, however, the long term, uh, as I was a big LP provider in Sushi, the more pools that were added, the inflationary rate of Sushi just became too immense 
And by the time they got to like the 300th pool on sushi, there wasn't this crazy buy pressure on each additional pool. So you get this like really crazy buy pressure at the beginning when all of these pools are like creating this like giant liquidity at the beginning and everybody's like buying in um, uh, on Osmo so they can LP the other side of the position and get like 300%, 1000% APY on these pools. And it was just, was, it, 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 was, it was fun in the bull. Um, around October, November of last year, there was a there was a site that came up. It was like called CryptoInfo.fees or CryptoFees.info, and and started going. Wait a second, they're creating five hundred thousand dollars worth of emissions a day or a week on on twenty seven thousand dollars worth of fees. It just like kind of stopped making sense at that point. And I'm like, how is this going to continue? It, it it doesn't matter how many pools of Osmo you're going to bring to the table because I think they were at like. 800 or 900 pools by then. And it didn't matter how many more pools, it's, it's diminishing returns, right? So around that time, I started like, you know, messaging the team and, and there was another governance proposal up for our grants program. And I was like, hey guys, like, let's talk about this. Like something has to change. And, and that's when the, I got involved with like the OGP and the Reverie thing uh, initially. And it just was like, oh man, this, is, this thing's going to be tough to, to unwind. And, Basically, every single token in Cosmos is pooled with Osmo. And if, if, this, if this loan position unwinds, it could be create an impact for everybody that's, that's ever pooled with Osmo. And it's scary. Yeah, so I think uh, just let me know if, I, if you stop being able to hear me just in a DM because I'm on desktop and it, it's previously rubbed me. So... Um, <clears throat> I think uh, the position itself, I'm not overly concerned about uh, in terms of long-term impact, right? Like it's a, it's about 10% of the Osmo USDC pool, which is, you know, exactly what Mars and Umi swap back through. Um, but I think Osmo itself has probably got enough liquidity across the board to kind of absorb most of that and not really impact the price too much. Um, it certainly will, you know, you can't swap a, a million dollars and not impact the price, but uh uh, the the thing for me is like Osmo, and it's again, I, I don't want to like direct this directly at Osmo. Cosmos in general, I think, acts like a year too late. Like we see the problem, we dev the problem, and then a year later, we've got a solution, and it's too late. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. Yeah, I cool. mean, just just checking in, making sure I haven't been rugged. Dude, it's um, harder. It's harder to build on Cosmos too, right? It's it's like it's a slower build cycle. So a lot of the experimentation, because there's so many like solidity developers, they're going to be able to experiment faster and learn faster than, than on the Cosmos side. It's, it's kind of inherently built into how difficult Rust is. Yeah. And, you know, everyone like kind of shits on Don a fair bit, uh, Don Kryptonium a fair bit, but like he spends a fair bit of time on ETH, right? And he talks to teams who they'll, like, they'll go and build like uh, a swap app on ETH. And he chats to them and he's like, hey, like, how long did it take you, you know, to build this and how big is your team? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a team of three and, you know, it took us like a month. And they built like this pretty, you know, pretty primitive UI for basically like an NFT swaps contract. So like you input one NFT, you select the NFT you want out the other side, right? Like real, real primitive stuff. They built it in like a month or two and it's a team of three and, you know, their support was like a few whales on ETH uh, providing them some 
you know, some support or, you know, providing liquidity in NFTs. And it's like that sort of stuff in Cosmos, like it's a team of 10 and it takes like six months or nine months, right? And I think that there's this perfectionism that Cosmos has in a way um, <clears throat> from a, a UI perspective, definitely, that like it's all well and good to have that stuff, but like users just want to use shit. Like I, I'm going more and more to ETH now and just like going to like these real primitive UIs and I'm like, it might look shit, but I, like as long as the function happens, that's all I care about. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really weird. I feel like, uh, the ecosystem sets itself up for like the premier, uh, type, you know, user, but like the, those users just aren't around at the moment. And if you don't have short-term solutions for short-term problems, are you going to be around in the future? Right. That's the, that's Cosmos's greatest challenge. Yeah. I think you do know, man. I, you know, I think it's, it's super efficient tech and, and it's cool. Um, however, you hit the nail on the head. The speed of adoption is really about how fast you can iterate through the application front end so that you can find product market fit and find a, a habitual user coming back every single day. And Osmosis nailed that in, in the daily emissions. Like that was like fantastic. I was coming back every and, single and, day. And like to, to Osmo's credit, right? Like the concentrated liquidity UI is probably one of the best UIs I've seen, right? So like that function Beautiful. in itself is really good. Um, it, it, it's, it feels and looks fucking incredible from a user perspective. And I think from a DEX perspective, it's good too, right? Is it six months too late? Is the emissions reduction six months too late? I think yes, to like continue the adoption. Uh, does it matter for the long-term health of Osmo? I don't necessarily think so, right? Like short-term, yeah. Like it's there's only a one-way street in short-term, in my opinion, for Osmo. Um, especially, you know, as I sleuth through more dev wallets and find more loans, um, I've found two or three now, not as large as the current one, but like with that stuff happening and if those positions are at risk, like it, it's crazy to to think that there's going to be positive price appreciation for Osmo in the short term, right? I, I don't think it can, right? You You just have to, at this point, you have to get new users. You've burnt every single party in the cosmos ecosystem and everybody is going to be like okay what's fundamentally changing within the infrastructure what's changing in the tokenomics like maybe there's no more emissions as soon as you get to no more emissions you're boring as astroport like astroport's cool it's just boring right and and maybe it should be boring to, to put in like lp positions it doesn't necessarily have to be like super sexy 300 percent, you know 100 percent apy it's just it, it, I, I don't know where to go from here in terms of like having this thing go back to a, a, a positive profile. Um, and, and you can't add more pools. You're going to have to figure out how to, to get more liquidity or, or you know, more buyback options. But I think like everybody in, in that I know in the Cosmos ecosystem is like, cool, we're not spending on anything. Like every L1 is just basically like, you know, there, there's some outliers there, but and there's new there's new players coming into play, but you know, is DYDX gonna list on Osmosis? Like why would they, right? Are all the new chains gonna list on Osmosis with a potential like contagion? I, I I'm not sure. So DEXs as a business traditionally are not sexy businesses, right? The NASDAQ isn't like valued that crazy much. Like the New York Stock Exchange isn't valued incredibly amazing. Like why is it that that in crypto, 
a DEX or a centralized exchange makes so much money. And it's because like fundamentally the users are, are speculating and the number one utility of crypto right now, and I'm not saying in the future, I'm a true believer of like where it's going is that people are here to speculate on token prices. And that's why most of the users are here. And year after, you know, we're almost, we're over a year in a bear market and maybe it, we're coming out of it, but is a lot of people don't have mon- funds to, to go speculate. So you have to go and attract new users. And while you, you're like, hey, I got to go track new users, where's the marketing spend, right? So, you know, I think that, that like this has just been a long time coming without a way to, to drive more user adoption, do growth and like get mobile with people and drive more users and more funds into the ecosystem. It doesn't, doesn't totally make sense. I think it's also a weird time with uh, incentives and when they rolled out concentrated liquidity, because it's kind of like, that's the point. The incentives run out. You're not supposed to check every day. It's kind of like, let the let the bigger players do the concentrated liquidity stuff. And, you know, retail, everybody logs in every day. They have other options to do stuff. Now, everybody's like, kind of like the the user face and the experience. Everybody's flipping out because it's no longer just like passive LPing. And like, they don't understand concentrated liquidity and they're not going to earn off of it they'll get wrecked like realistically uh so like it's kind of like a weird time where it's they're trying to like roll out those emission changes and it's great with concentrated liquidity but at the same time it's pissing off a lot of people and the tvl is going down and that it is what's supposed to happen with concentrated liquidity but at the same time when they're the only thing in the cosmos is like you know the lead decks it's everything paired with them it's you know kind of a weird spot you know yeah, I just wanted to quickly add. I've got Eric and Sunnyside up here too. Some 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 great minds. Um, it's it, it's really interesting from a Cosmos perspective, <clears throat> especially if you like you know take it even a step further back, right? Like I spoke about, all of the L ones being hyperinflationary, and <clears throat> slowly over time, those inflations are being cut or reduced. You know, through two point oh and type um, narratives and uh, um, changes, etc. Um, a lot of Cosmos was airdropped to most L1s were airdropped to people, right? Uh, and a lot of people have inherent value from their airdrops if they haven't sold, <clears throat> where they're still milking those those incentives. Um, a lot of people kind of <clears throat> got Osmo for free, got Juno for free, and then provided liquidity, and then you know, you know, selling off the incentives for both of those, et cetera. <clears throat> There's no new money coming in in, in large amounts. And a lot of the, you know, having been involved in Juno for a long time, that was 100% airdropped. <clears throat> there's a lot of extraction of value from in- inflation that still happens, right? Like there's still a shitload of uh, Adam whales who hit the 50,000 Juno cap that collect their rewards every every week and sell them, right? And that happens across Cosmos. Every chain that was airdropped, that happens. Um, <clears throat> until... That, that kind of money or the in inflation is severely reduced where that sell volume goes down, the problem isn't going to go away. Uh, people are still going to extract value into better assets, into stronger assets. Um, are those assets within Cosmos? Potentially. Uh, are there better options outside of Cosmos? Probably. Do people need to sell just to survive? Definitely. Um, <clears throat> so like, I, I don't really see in the short term like, how cosmos turns it around uh and the last point is like so many l1s and and investors are are so wrecked over the last you know year and a half that a lot of them won't recover Uh, and i kind of tweeted this the other the other week 
uh, around, you know, uh, sell pressure on tokens, et cetera. Like there's a very good chance a lot of the L1s we have now won't survive. And when new money comes in, there's going to be better options. There's going to be new L1s that have, that aren't hyperinflationary that are trying to build, you know, real yield, quote unquote. Um, and people will go to that, like people will take their money there instead of these existing uh, Cosmos L1s, I think. It's all about new games to play, right? So wherever the new games are, we saw this in, um, we're doing some stuff with the Avalanche and Nier. And there was this, uh, there was this group called Launch House. And it had, it had a couple different like crypto cohorts where there was like 30 or 40 different like crypto founders in like three months of, of this house in New York and LA and Miami. And everybody got involved with uh with with time on uh on avalanche right uh what was it called wonderland wonderland time and the whole like everybody in the la house and and new york house got involved with like wonderland time and if you just ask them like hey what what do you like are you on avalanche and they'd be like yeah i'm on avalanche i'm like what brought you to avalanche it's like oh yeah because i wanted to get involved with wonderland time it, it's the game that drives users and, and users to come and, and play a new type of game right and so like some of the stuff that like you know tara was doing was 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 rad like all these people were going into anchor all these people were going into mirror like these were new games at the time that like everybody got super excited about there was a guy yeah at, at, yeah and it's like you know cosmos has the same sorry for interrupting cosmos had the same right like uh fortis i'm going to use it as an example every fucking time it was an absolute degen app built on juno that people aped in on because you'd go there every other day. You were burning these tokens into these tokens. You were uh, providing liquidity against token X LP position. And no one had done that before. And like, yeah, like a shitload of people got fucking wrecked, but a shitload of people had a fucking good time doing it. Right. And like people want to come and they want to use apps and they want to have fun. Like I know we got shoot down there, literally like wreck King um, with his crown. Like he's a terror survivor, right? Like I, I know he's still fucking, he grabs all of his cosmos assets and he loops them as many times as he can because he enjoys it. And he sits there and he's like, Oh, like what position am I, you know, updating today? Or like, where am I borrowing? And, you know, because you want to use your crypto and you want to degen and you want to have fun and like coming in and being like, Hey, I'm going to provide liquidity. And then I'm going to claim my incentives. That, that was fun for like 20, 20, uh, 2021, 2022. <clears throat> Is managing a concentrated liquidity position enough? Maybe. But like, Dude, it's hard. It needs to be. <clears throat> yeah, right. I, I did it on day one. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, it was like earned a decent amount for like the small position that I put in there um, early on, which was fun. Um, but then like, <clears throat> you know, there's other apps and stuff like Levana being on Osmosis. I think those things are like, quite bullish for the osmo chain not necessarily the token per se because i don't think it adds a lot of uh value to the osmo token like those complementary apps are are really good and they give users something to do which is good but like yeah i completely agree right like if 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 it's not fun and you're not actively coming back to use the thing every day or every other day uh, i don't think that there's a chance that it survives yeah. So the original Sommelier Finance product was a is a re auto rebalancing concentrated liquidity vault where you could create your own kind of size and position 
and then it would rebalance it for you to optimize for fees depending upon which side of the pairing you were bullish on and uh got heavy heavy into running like my own concentrated liquidity positions manually and dude that's just work dude like especially on eth you have to like rebalance every day multiple times a day and basically like it, it's a it becomes like a full-time job and yes you can you can get up to like one percent per day if you're managing your 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 structure right on your concentrated liquidity and, and it's probably you know probably do some stuff on osmosis and i imagine that there's going to be some concentrated liquidity vaults coming that like are running on top of uh you know going delta neutral on lavana plus a concentrated liquidity vault and so now you can kind of manage your fee position and your fee structure but if the all the underlying assets that you have in your like positions are going down to the right there there's no there's no winnings right so you have to be able to like borrow these assets and do a perpetual in a way that you can like hedge your losses on your concentrated liquidity or you're just rebalancing every single day for like losing pairs and this this is a full-time trading job you are literally running a trading desk and the amount of retail users that could you know bond to tokens and lp it in the last cycle and now you're asking a whole slew of new users to like hey you have to become a professional trader understand your gamma like and understand what your position is at and where your potential profitability lines are and and math it out you're you're just asking for too much work for the average user and and like not not to be too rude to your average user but like my shit posting over the last few days especially my my 10k cosmos challenge shit post that only had bitcoin and eth in it the amount of everyday users that replied to me being like Hey, you're missing X token. You're not going to make it without actually looking at the image. We're expecting these people to be able to come in and manage concentrated liquidity positions and, like, you know, find out if they're earning uh, money. And, like, the average user isn't going to be able to do that, right? Like, they want to come in, they want to put their token in a position, and they want to see a value that they're going to earn over a period of time, and then they want to collect it every day or every week and decide where else to put that money, right? It's a lot of work. And I think uh, this is where like indexes and stuff will probably play a larger part than where people people think. Um, but, you know, it, it needs to be simple. Uh, I, I don't know uh, if the, the average user is cut out for concentrated liquidity. I don't know. The it's UI, is, and again, I want to reiterate, the UI of concentrated liquidity is fucking beautiful, right? They've, I think they've done a great job at making it simple managing those positions i don't know if the everyday user is going to want to do it like most it's of us in here are probably degen enough to actually come in and do it and and manage it and check it every day because we're always here like your average user i i don't think they will right they're going to be out of bounds 70 80 percent of the time right i think it's just you you have a lot of prosumers right people that are like professional hobbyists and then you're asking them to become professional traders and there's there's a leap and bound between those two things asking people to lp a position and asking people to to hedge and understand their their potential earnings on concentrated liquidity that just people are just going to get wrecked left and right and, until they you know roll up their sleeves like put 160 hours in into studying or more that's what it took me to understand like concentrated liquidity and understand kind of like what I was getting into. And I was like, forget this. This is just way too much time. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'll just put money in a vault 
and I'll just let it sit there because I'm not doing this full time. It started taking up full time, like attention, which is cool. If you want to become a trader, you want to become a full time trader, understanding concentrated liquidity, understanding uh, perpetuals is 100% the way to go. And these are, you know, people make a lot of money doing this. Um, however, uh, I don't like the 24 hour cycle of the trading nature of crypto and I tend to make bad trades past midnight. And so I don't trade anymore. I will place positions and, and the things like vaults become very, very beneficial for most people because you, you'll, you'll sacrifice some of the yield so that you can, you know, go to sleep at night. And, uh, you know, that's the value of vaults. Hey, could I hop in here real uh, one second? I, I just want to ask you guys a question and see if I'm missing something. Okay, cool. Cost it right before. Okay, cool. So, uh, Osmo, we're talking about that loan. It's getting liquidated. So just thoughts on this and tell me, like, what the risk is. On Umui, I, put, I uh, supply USDC. I borrow Osmo, turn it into USDC then borrow Osmo and do a little bit of leverage trading. The idea is pay back the Osmo. Once Wait, the- sorry. Is, is this what you actually do? Or is, if, is this what you think the dev is doing? No, no, no. This is what I'm wondering. Like, why should I? Not- right. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's take a step back. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> um, what, what's currently happening is, uh, and there's confirmed two or three Osmo dev wallets doing this. There's one that I'm in particular concerned about, which is the large one that we're all talking about. Uh, I'm going to finish going through the rest of the dev wallets tonight. Uh, they are much like smaller percentages of dev rewards. Um, so I don't think they're as big, but this one wallet in particular, <clears throat> they've taken their inflationary dev percentage. Um, they've taken their Osmo, they've provided, <clears throat> uh, deposited that Osmo into UMI and Mars, two positions. The UMI one's larger than the Mars one. And then with that Osmo, they have withdrawn over a million dollars worth of USDC. The token price when they did this about two months ago was around the 50 cent mark, right? <clears throat> so it's, uh, you provide, you provided, you know, 2 million Osmo, let's say, and they were able to pull out, let's say 1.5 million USDC. There's an, an excess of 500,000 uh, Osmo, approximately 250,000 extra collateral to cover the loan. As the Osmo token price has come down, the collateral amount in USDC value has come close to and is currently in excess of what they've borrowed. So what the platform does is when you hit their threshold, I don't know what that threshold is because it's not documented anywhere that I've been able to find. Usually 70 to 80% is the threshold that's set. Um, sorry, I'll take a step back. Uh, 2 million Osmo, they pulled out 1.5 million. Osmo price comes down to the around the 1.5 million USDC borrowed amount. What the platform does is it automatically partially liquidates the Osmo to repay the USDC loan to keep the, uh, to pay off the debt of USDC that you owe, right? Right. So, uh, the position is selling Osmo into USDC to repay the USDC that they borrowed. And so what I'm asking is, what about doing the opposite right now? So like I'm supplying USDC, 
I'm taking out Osmo. I'm turning it back into USDC to borrow more Osmo and basically bet on Osmo going down. And then at the end, replaying Osmo and then hopefully gain more USDC than what I originally put in. Uh, I, I don't think this, that's a path that you could go down. Feel free to interrupt me if I'm incorrect. It yeah, is? You okay, can. there you go. Yeah, so um, the utilization rate um, is is definitely different on, they call it the C factor, um, but the, the rate that you can do it, you can't really loop it one for one. So what you're what you're basically applying here is the idea of a short squeeze. So when yes. the loan is at a liquidation risk, which, which it is, um, and, and the price movement is available, I mean, if you sell like three hundred thousand dollars worth of Osmo right now, uh, you'll drop it down like nine percent um, in terms of, and it'll start eating into that that loan. And so you effectively, if you math it out, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but effectively something like that could occur if somebody were to sell let's say half a million worth of osmo you basically um you, if you put in usdc we're able to borrow half a million of osmo and then sell it into the the main liquidity pools you could put enough downward price pressure force across the different pools oh. to start to liquidate that loan so uh i guess let me bring this back to like a more simple version i'm not trying to pretend like i have a ton of capital this is more so just like a short-term trade so i put usdc in i borrow osmo osmo right now is at 38 and then as soon as i get my borrowed osmo i turn that back into more usdc and then do that a few times until i'm at a comfortable risk leverage my thought is at the end of it, let's say Osmo goes down to point, uh, three, right? Now I convert my USDC back into Osmo and repay my Osmo loan at a lower price than what I bought in. Do you guys see risk, major risk there? I know this is like asking for financial advice. I'm just trying to think of why should I not do this right now? It, if you think it'll go down to point three, yes, but you the the factor i think i'm reading this right the utilization factor is like 23 percent, which i believe would be the c factor because you can you can't you can't 100 percent when you, you you can lever probably uh, you can utilize about 80 percent on most uh lending markets of your usdc so you can let's say you put a hundred dollars in you can only get eighty dollars of osmo out to sell right and then yep, when you yep. kind of you don't want again, either. right? And so when you loop it in, it becomes less and less and less. That's why you, you generally have to have like more collateral uh, available. And you know, uh, th this game in TradeFi is easy because people give you like borrowed leverage all the time if you're if you're you know a legitimate uh, uh, trading desk. However, in, in DeFi, because of the risk associated with it, now what the other problem is is the reason why they have these different. Um, C factors is that in this scenario, uh, you couldn't create a contagion on UMI and Mars that would basically make a whole bunch of bad debt. That's why you can't really do this, or they they shouldn't let um, that amount occur. So that oh, you can yeah, be yeah, yeah. So, um, and just to cut in, like this isn't a play where I'm thinking, you know, I can make a ton of money. This is like <laughs> yeah. trying to get like ten to twenty percent out, right? Yeah, no, I'm thinking about this play right now, and then kind of like going through the numbers as we talk about this. Right, short squeezes are are there 
because for they're an important part of of finance, right? If somebody plays their hand and they they come to the table and they're bluffing, like like Osmo is going to go up into the right, and they're continually borrowing against it. Well, it's it's there's somebody on the other side of the hand needs to take that position and take that position out, right? Because that person traded ineffectively. The problem with Osmo, most of the times, this is just like on a single stock, which isn't a contagion for like an entire ecosystem. The kind of like the moral effect here is like, if this loan doesn't get paid back, it could be a contagion for the entire Cosmos ecosystem, right? So like when this happened with Curve and, and I heard some stories behind the scene, Michael from Curve, like who was in a similar position with like $50 million worth of Curve that could have turned into like $200 million with a Curve wiped away. Um, and being uh, uh, sold on on the spot market, you you effectively would have this contagion throughout the whole entire e- ecosystem. So, some people from Frax, some investors, a lot of people came in to help repay this loan. And he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna OTC trade, you know, curve for you right now, so I can help back up this loan." And everything was fine. The question is, does Osmo and does the Osmo team have enough goodwill or enough from the community that they can pull together a couple million dollars? To, to back up this position before it becomes an entire contagion. And so what could happen over the next couple of days is, you know, hat in hand, this Osmo dev or whatever goes out and says, hey, we need to, you know, your pool is going to be affected by this number and all these other pools within the Cosmos ecosystem are going to be affected by this number if we don't get a million dollars together to pay back this loan. And people were going to buy it at a steep, steep discount with probably some warrants and some other stuff. But I think I think they'll figure it out. But as long as this fear and FUD is out there, like until this loan is paid back, it's going to potentially push a whole bunch of people into you know pushing down price pressure of Osmo because it's just too risky right now. And a bunch of people so are trying to play. I, I, I looked at the curve. particular. Sorry, I looked at the particular dev wallet itself, and uh, particularly replying to uh, uh, John, um, John Galp. Uh, like that, that dev's capped, like he's, he's done. He's got 35,000 Osmo that he's received in incentives over the last, I don't know, day or two. Um, other than that, like the rest of his wallets, he has no Osmo left, right? That he bridged out a couple of hundred in ETH. Uh, he could obviously bridge back in USDC to pay off the loan, you know, buy some Osmo, et cetera. I don't know where that money is. So I like, tried to track it on ETH and, uh, wasn't able to follow exactly what they did with it. <clears throat> but, uh, in, in terms of like, their position <clears throat> for myself, like the only thing that makes sense uh, for me personally is to, to like short the token until the loans repaid. Um, the, the risk there is that they have capital, right? Like if they haven't bridged that out into actual fiat, there's capital somewhere that they could get to come back in and rebuy Osmo to pay off the loan. Um, currently they've put in, they've deposited 3.5 million Osmo into the $1.3 million uh, Osmo position. Uh, and they borrowed previously, they borrowed up to like 1.4, 1.5 million USDC. That's now down to 969,000. They've, they've paid off uh, through liquidations uh, about 600,000. <clears> um, the loan currently sits at 93%, 92.8%. Um, <clears throat> so it's getting healthier. I uh, assume the token price is slowly going up. Um, yeah, ish. Um, but until that position's gone, 
uh, in terms of the loan or it's at a healthy level, the, there's no reason for me personally to think that the token price will go up, right? Like if, <clears throat> there's nothing short-term bullish for the Osmo token in my opinion. Like, you know, John was saying again that like wet BTC and concentrated liquidity, these are all like really bullish narratives for the token. Long-term, I 100% agree. Like, hell yeah, like, those are good things. You know, you, you're going to have, um, we, we spoke about the concentrated liquidity challenges, like web ETC, I think long-term being able to bridge that in and provide liquidity and that sort of stuff is good. But I don't think those are like short-term, here's all this massive influx of liquidity and people buying the Osmo token. Uh, staking Osmo currently is still a net negative. Um, providing liquidity is still currently a net negative. And until those things change, the token is being, it, there's more inflation than revenue being generated, right? And that needs to turn around for the token to then be bullish. It's close. It's like 50% revenue to inflation. And we're not talking huge amounts of money. Now the token price is down, right? We're talking about uh, 50-ish thousand a day um, in additional incentives versus genuine real yield and revenue. So it's not that bad, right? Um, it's far far less than what it was, but it's still net negative, right? Like chuck in all the additional on-chain costs, you know, validators, devs, uh, et cetera. There's still a long way to go. Uh, and until that turns around, there's no reason to think that the token price will go up. Personally. Agreed. Long-term, Eric. I think Osmo's in a, I think long-term Osmo's in a very good position to survive as a DEX. They've got really good, um, the foundation's well-funded, OGP's well-funded, they're set, sitting on a few mil. Uh, they've got runway and they're delivering products. They're getting apps that are coming on onto Osmo that complement the DEX, you know, Levana, Calc Finance, et cetera. All those things are really bullish, right? They're good things for Osmo. Um, short-term though, the token itself, I'm not bullish. Long-term, I think they're setting themselves up to be bullish. We got Eric up here. Eric, I know I've seen you on a couple of podcasts about, you know, tokenomics and, and would love to hear your take on this. Uh, thanks, brother. Really just been enjoying the conversation. Um, yeah, I, the, the great information, by the way. I'm just a lot less bullish than you guys long-term. I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, revenue numbers that like none of the revenue actually goes to osmosis. Uh, I mean, they, they had $1.6 billion in, in, liquidity they had 3.8 billion dollars in monthly volume and that equated to owning absolutely zero non-osmo tokens and zero buybacks and so people talk about oh we need to figure out buybacks like where does it come from the whole like concentrated liquidity don't get me wrong it, it is great in the future if you kind of understand how it's dispersed because like yeah sure if you look at real yield as like trade fees divided by liquidity then lowering the denominator can help but you're not actually raising the revenue number and it's not just liquidity providers you have to incentivize. You have to incentivize an entire development team. You have to incentivize stakers and node operators. And like, as you're lowering the liquidity, like theoretically, you'd still even be lowering the numerator at least a little bit. Like you're not creating more fees. You're not adding additional revenue. And those basket, those other baskets aren't shrinking. Yeah, you're way more yeah. bearish. Sorry, no, no, you're right. I was, I was, I'm working at the same time, so I was finding the right tab and unmuting. Um, I, I think there are, I, I, I think not owning other assets, <clears throat> I think uh, 
the the new proto rev module i think is is good for that it's kind of they're still yet to work out exactly how and what they're going to do with that um the the buyback mechanism or you know distributing to stakers etc I, I think they've got to work out um how that's going to happen i think the other problem osmosis has and again kind of acted far too late on this is they had zero fees for a long time which i think was great from a ux uh, onboarding perspective but what it meant was that uh two things one you weren't capturing any of that revenue for your liquidity providers or stakers and number two you were letting arbitrage bots just run absolutely wild on your on your decks and and extracting all of the value that should have been going to lps and stakers um they've tried to fix that with proto rev um which is good but again it was like 6 12 months too late like the easily solved problem there was just like 5 or 10x the fees uh and maker and taker fees to stop the arbitrage bots from extracting all of the liquidity. Um, it's still, like, I'm fairly certain that they're still running and they're still extracting value. Uh, and, like, you need to solve those fundamental problems quickly to stop the arbitrage bots from extracting all of the value. Uh, and again, like, you know, these things are kind of retrospective, but, like, those problems were very easily solvable. The, the, they just didn't want to do it because of, a you know, a UX reason um or whatever it was i don't actually know perhaps and you know conspiracy theory quote unquote i don't actually think it's true maybe the bots were being run by some of uh, the devs or the team or whatever right who the fuck knows like a very easy problem to solve wasn't solved in time um but yeah things like proto rev and i'd like to see the the fee abstraction module for uh, adam i think will be interesting Again, yet to see the numbers on those, uh, if it will actually be anything meaningful, but it could kind of be cool. Um, I think they're interesting concepts to, to look down. Um, same thing with the Atom Economic Zone. I think uh, they're interesting concepts, uh, very unproven, and are the numbers actually going to, to add up to something that makes sense for you to continue to stake or own the, the Osmo token? I don't think so. Uh, combining a number of them, will it? Potentially. Right, it's the same thing with the AEZ. Right, you know, uh, it's a two billion market cap chain. Are they going to be able to generate enough revenue to keep stakers interested when they remove inflation? Right, you need to be earning a few mil a day, maybe, in fees to distribute amongst your stakers to incentivize them to continue staking. If you can't do that, they're probably going to move their investment elsewhere where they can generate that three to five to ten percent. Uh, value accrual over a period of time, you know, a month, a year, whatever's whatever you're happy with. If your money's not being used in a way that generates you more money, and you have opportunities to make money elsewhere, smart money's going to do that. They're going to move somewhere else where they've got guaranteed revenue versus hanging around for a long term play. That's the challenge. Yeah, and I mean involves taking money further from liquidity providers and all this is after winding down incentives for liquidity providers and so other dexes will spin up and have higher apr and then liquidity that when you lose the liquidity you lose the trade fees and everything this is why we see the the shit cycle of dexes that yeah obviously i'm biased towards mine but um in general like this is unsolvable and as you get about like oh is osmosis going to tank all the other tokens because it's paired against everything yes 
this is cataclysmic for the entire cosmos ecosystem and we do need noah's art to come in and we do need people to decouple like it's like it, it's kind of like a self-predicting failure like if people are worried and trying to protect against it it definitely will happen um that being said if we don't try to protect against it then it collapses like terra <laughs> so uh I, I don't know i bullish on the cosmos tech stack but we need projects to be self-sufficient and we need them to not be dependent on single major players that can destroy everything because they don't have business models. You guys were talking about earlier that like, oh, well, Dex business modeling is it's not a sexy business. Well, if we're not a sexy business, like people are pissed that it's down to a $400 million valuation, that's still unjustifiable. And if that's required to retain liquidity and you, people need that to go way up, like that's a hell of a lot of speculation that's required. And the, the less sexy it gets through all this, um, that, that's going to be exposed. Yeah, if you look at just from a market cap basis, you have 229 million right now on the market cap valuation of Osmosis as a whole. And if you look at something like like Coinbase or or you know, I think Binance is publicly traded, you're thinking about where am I going to put money? Am I going to put money in 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 Osmo and Osmosis and invest in this Dex, or am I going to invest in 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 Coinbase as a centralized exchange? Like right now, I would invest in Coinbase as a centralized exchange. And inherently, why does every single token want to get listed on Binance and Coinbase? The reason why they want to get listed on Binance and Coinbase is because they have the largest population of traders. These traders have liquidity. They want to trade. They would have market makers. There's order books. There's tons and tons of liquidity and tons of flow in and out of their token. If you know, if you think about and just quickly to just quickly to add to that point too, Brian is when you have that volume of eyes and traders, they don't give a shit about your fundamentals of your token. What they care about is the PA and what the chart looks like. If the chart looks like the, uh, it's, you know, it's hit the bottom, or, you know, hit certain metrics, there's bots and traders that purely trade off TA. And as soon as your chart looks like something that's tradable, people are going to go in. They have no idea what the fuck Osmo is or Juno or whatever else your token is. They're going to look at the chart and they're going to go, this thing is about to break out and it's going to trigger buys on whatever bot or chart they're using and they're going to hit the buy and it's going to pump. And then they'll pump it, they'll take their profits and they'll move on. And they don't give a shit. 100%. But, but really... When it really comes down to it, Binance, Coinbase, they have huge, huge amounts of capital and liquidity that are available. So if I have a new token launch and I'm like, hmm, where can I list my token? Am I thinking, hey, how do I get it listed on Osmosis? I don't. And I, and, and I don't think about that unless I'm stuck within kind of Cosmos ecosystem or IBC. But if I am stuck within Cosmos ecosystem and IBC, I'm like, oh, cool. Where can I get the most liquidity? I can get the most access to eyeballs on osmosis. So when you think about the the value of the tech, cool, sure, but really it's about the eyeballs, right? And if most everybody in the Cosmos ecosystem is trading on osmosis, what you're really doing by putting an LP position there is trying to get distribution for your token and, and get people access to be able to trade it because it is really hard to get listed on centralized exchanges, especially in a bear market. The amount of like paperwork and the evaluations and, and the different security Audits that you have to get to li get listed on Binance now are, are hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? They'll come in and say, 
hey, um, we're going to invest in uh, your company $300,000. And guess what? We're going to take that $300,000 we just invested into you. And that's going to be the cost of the process of getting listed on Binance. Yeah, congratulations. Cool. Like, so you're giving up that that value to get listed on Binance and they're taking the money back and they're just paying their partners and their friends to do it. So it's it's not cheap. It's expensive. And, and they'll only do it th- with things that have like massive trading volume. And the thought process there within these exchanges is they need the, the hot new token to list, right? Because people want to gamble. People want to speculate on the next thing, like the next new thing. Could it be the next new thing? Yeah, if it is potentially the next new thing, like Binance wants it, Coinbase wants it. Like if it's not, you know, security or Nakamoto coefficient is large enough, then, you know, they'll take it on. But at the end of the day, they they need new things to list because that's what keeps them in business because people want the hot new asset. And so there's this kind of like thing where where where's been the the market marketing and market acquisition and growth acquisition to get so many eyeballs or the next million users onto osmosis, right? It's been about tech, 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 but getting, I mean, just starting to get there with, you know, some of the stuff with like Axelar and USDC, there's new things to, to, to pull into, but a, a DEX's business is really about getting the tokens that people want to trade and list it and doing it in, in the cheapest slippage sort of way. That's, that's what they need to concentrate on. And in my opinion, I got into it with the skip guys and met one of the guys, skip guys at a happy hour in person is like proto rev is just to me, it's, it's, it's theft. Right. And I know they're saying, Oh, we only do, um, you know, back of the stack execution and we don't do, do top, but we do do, we'll do top of the, uh, top of the chain trading. It's like, if you're doing top of the, the block execution and back of the block execution, it's like super shady. So if, if your whole thing is, if your DEX is should be about getting the ticket tokens that people want to list listed and having the lowest possible swappage fees and slippage fees and getting the most token possible, then why are you going to bet against them on ProtoRev? Right? It, it never made sense to me. It's like you're gonna you're gonna make MEV part of the stack. Like I can get into a whole entire conversation about that. It just seems really really off putting. Like you're just gonna just you know scalp the users. Never liked it. I mean, fundamentally, the idea of Uniswap taking Coinbase and putting it on chain, in order to do it, they had to give the revenue that was going to Coinbase to the liquidity providers, said, shit, now we don't have any more revenue. Let's launch a token. But they, that really, that model has not been moved past. And at least Coinbase can stake their atom and they can earn stuff all other places. And at least you know that what's going to them is going to a team. But I mean, like we need to earn enough to have ROI. We need to have enough to have the costs of validators and running and operating a chain of dev fees and teams of incentivizing liquidity providers for one more day. Like if you talk about not a sexy business, like it's not a viable one. Cool. After seeing what happened on Curve, I, I have a prediction. Um, I have a prediction that basically people in the Cosmos ecosystem come in or Osmosis or OGP itself come back and pay back the loan uh, within the next two, three days because they have to, otherwise it's contagion for the whole ecosystem. So Sunnyside, if you're going to thinking about, you know, going in and, uh, and levering loop on, on uh, uh, the short squeeze, I, I think, you know, come you now 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, I think 
people are going to well, actually it's you know, midnight here for me. So later today, I think uh, people are going to come in and back up that loan because it's too much of a contagion. If, if, if Osmo goes down another 20 or 30%, the, the rest of the ecosystem goes down, maybe not 20 or 30%, but a good 15 to 22%. And so Perfect. is that worth it for a million dollars? Probably not. Oh yeah, yeah. So I so I'll let you guys know. Like I'm going through the process right now. I'm putting in four hundred dollars. I put in exactly four hundred so I can see what I lose on. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I'm supplying USDC, I'm borrowing Osmo, I'm turning that more into USDC, and then I'm doing a little bit of like going through that process. I'm in the middle of it right now. But like I, I'm just betting on Osmo going down at worst comes to worst, I'll lose a few hundred bucks. So wouldn't wouldn't you just go USDC withdraw Osmo and then with that Osmo go and short it on Lavana? Uh, so I don't know how to use Lavana. Um, I haven't looked into it. I'm not trying to learn that much tonight. But uh, Shane, it's, a, it's a slider bar. So you 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 have to deposit the the native asset that you would like to long or short. And essentially, what happens is you provide the native asset. You withdraw substantially more of the native asset if you know if you're successful in your long or short trade um it doesn't actually sell the token what you're doing is just betting against the liquidity providers that the token will go up or down and then you take from the liquidity providers if you're successful um so you the process would be if you wanted to not buy the native asset you would supply your usdc borrow against that the token that you would want to long or short and then you go to Levana, and it's literally just a slider. You can market buy, you can choose your leverage, choose your stop loss, choose your take profit price, open the trade. Doesn't move the needle at all because you're just using the liquidity from the LPs, and then you're betting on token price going up or down. Very different yeah. from a centralized exchange where you provide USDC, <clears throat> then you long or short, and then your long or short position, they actually leverage buy or sell that value of the asset with their own liquidity and it gotcha. moves the needle. And I'm geo-blocked from Lavana. I know I could do a VPN, but I don't have one set up right now. I, I checked it while you were talking. Uh, geo-blocking. I, I think that's what it's called. It, it's just not available in my region right now is what it says. Yeah, it's, you're geo-blocked. God bless. Yeah. I, honestly, I would use it more if I could. Brian, you mentioned um, that you think that like, if this does happen, capitulates 20% down, it could hurt everything else 10 to 15%. Do you think it would be worth it for the rest of the ecosystem pool together funds to help to get them out of the situation? Uh, that's, that's what happened with Curve, right? So, uh, you know, does Osmosis, have, does Osmo and Osmosis have enough friends? Is there enough funds in OGP to cover this? Like, I think there is, right? You basically pay back the loan, um, and and you know somebody will have to like put their hat in hand tomorrow and be like, "Yo, I need to sell at, at a heavy discount," and they'll go around and do OTC trades at a heavy discount uh, of Osmo token with like hefty lockups, maybe like two year lockups with you know crazy discounts. But at the end of the day, um, they will need the money to pay back the loan, and then you know they'll, they'll go to Umi or they'll go to Mars and say, "Hey, can you?" Can you uh, adjust the C factor? Can you uh, the the loan to value ratio? Can you adjust that? 
and um, it'll be harder to do. Um, there was basically. I, I, I'm going to just, just quickly before you move on, Brian, I'm going to completely disagree. I'm going to say that the devs made a decision and they're going to leave the position and they're going to bet on the token price not continuing to go down. It's already been auto liquidated uh, like 500,000 in the last like month. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's only got 60% of its value. Uh, and he's act, like, as of 10 hours ago, he provided 200,000, 250,000 Osmo to, to kind of repay off or reduce the amount of um, risk against the loan. Um, I, I believe initially they lent 2.4 million and they've lent an additional 1.1 million on top of that in two months, just from incentives. So I think that they're on their own and they're just going to continue to do their best to repay off the loan and uh, not necessarily care about the price of the token. Yeah. They, they, bridged, sort of... they, bridged out, <clears throat> they, they bridged out essentially the one point whatever million into ETH. Uh, I tracked the wallet and all the swaps. So, uh, you know, they, they've moved what they wanted out. And at the end of the day, it's, it's their money that they earned as a dev, right? Uh, and however they wanted to spend it, that's how they've chosen to spend it. And uh, it's not going to create some massive wick, right? That's not how the loan mechanisms are designed. It's just going to continuously sell off forty to 60000 worth of Osmo into USDC to repay it. Uh, and they've got whatever asset they wanted at the yeah. other side. It's just like it's, it's a worse version of them just calc finance DCAing it and then moving it on, right? Right, but that creates um, downward price pressure on the token like daily or hourly, however often the, the liquidations happen. And if yeah, it's based that- on the token price going down, right? Like if the token price hangs around here, no more sales happen. If, if the, I don't, again, I don't know what the risk threshold on UMI is, but if the token price hangs around this level, no more sell pressure happens on, on the loan, right? Because it's at a safe level. If the token price moves down another 10, 20, 30%, add an extra 10% to repay this loan, maybe 15% to continue repaying the loan, right? That's, that's what happens. Right. And um, if you kind of liquidated the whole entire loan right now on a one-time swap, you're looking at 20% of uh, Osmo's market value. Um, for Yeah, for sure. Right. And then that'd be, you know, that'd impact all the other pools, but, that's not how UMI and Mars liquidations work. They're all part, you know, partial liquidations over a period of time. I think they run every couple of minutes, uh, depending on the the risk threshold. So unless someone was to come in and you know dump a large amount of Osmo, um, uh, and sustainably continue downward price pressure, uh, uh, we're not going to get a one-off candle wick. That's just not fundamentally not how the the liquidations happen in Umi or Mars from what I can see on chain. I obviously don't know the fundamentals and they're both of their documentations, not great around liquidations. Got it. Yeah. It's still, it's still a very, very risky position. Um, hopefully. Uh, so, so if somebody does a dev does step out and it's like, Hey, this is how I'm going to exit uh, through borrowing through, through, allowing supplying osmo and then borrowing out usdc uh without it being supported back i mean uh, it must be like a core dev wallet is what you're kind of describing too Um, it it is it's all on chain right so um what happens is 
180 odd thousand Osmo gets emitted per day. Um, 50% of that goes to stakers. Uh, 20% goes to LPs. 5% goes to the community pool, and 25% gets split amongst the uh, weighted developer rewards. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There's fifteen developers who get the twenty-five percent split um, of uh, epoch emissions per day. So uh, every day they just mint themselves tokens for all of the wonderful work they do. Uh, and then depending on who you are um, as a dev, uh, you get a, a portion of those emissions. Uh, the particular wallet that we're talking about um, that's got this large loan, uh, they get 6% of the 25% emissions. Um, I, I think it's a, uh, I'd have to check. I have to do some quick math here. One second. 182. Yeah, I, get, I get where you're going. While you're doing the numbers, what this basically means though, is that somebody on the core team doesn't necessarily believe in their product anymore not just trying to spread extra fud but if like if you believe in what you're you're building and you're, you're not going to lend it out you're gonna you're gonna maybe you'll leverage out or otc trade it out but you're not gonna basically say go behind or go in public and say hey um I'm, I'm, you know these these public sells and buys on on public <laughs> markets if you do if you own more than like i think 10 to 15 percent in trade fi like every one, single one of your trades are are pushed out on, on public notice. Like you're Rama, you're you're breaking new ground here on uh, on on these. Uh, yeah. So so wallets. let's let's do the math on this, right? Like so, uh, there's 182,000 Osmo gets minted every day. And Eric, I know you're a math guy. You can quickly verify my numbers. Um, of that, the devs get 25 percent, which is about 45,000, give or take. That was Osmo per day. Um, of that, this particular wallet receives 6%. So they're only getting about 2,700 Osmo per day. <clears throat> so it seems like they've accumulated these assets that they've used uh, to borrow on Mars over a, uh, and UMI over a long period of time. And they're only earning 2,700 approximately Osmo per day. I can guarantee you just their loan interest is substantially more than that without the token price going down to have to repay the loan. So they don't have, unless they bridge back in the money that they took out, they don't have a viable means to pay off this loan. Did they ever intend to? That's the question. And honestly, like I think the community has every right to know who the, who the dev is. And there's three devs doing this. This is the largest by far, but there's another wallet that I've seen that's loaned a million Osmo, which is only about half a million approximately. I'm going to check the rest of the wallets tonight, but there's definitely three who have done it. It's bonkers, man. Have somebody buy out. That's what OTC trades are for. Somebody wants to step away. Cool. Like get to, it's the job of OGP. That's a, it's the job of the founders and the founder developers to like, start to like figure out OTC trades. So this type of stuff doesn't it's, happen. I, and, and like, honestly, like you can use calc finance to DCA out and probably have less of a price impact, right? Like you, you say you've got three, 4 million Osmo, <clears throat> just sell 
a thousand every hour or every other hour, you're going to have very little slippage. You're going to have very little token price impact. It, you'll, it'll be over a period of time rather than what's currently happening is it's swapping 60,000 Osmo every other hour based on the token price going down. Um, rather than being a long-term sustainable way to exit that leaves um, no large impact, what you've chosen to do is take out a large loan, uh, potentially get people liquidated in long positions and create short-term downward price impact on an already struggling token. Doesn't make sense. Hopeful thinking. That's, I mean, that's the only, that's the only way that, that, that this could play out. If you had hopeful thinking that, Hey, the price is going to go up now that we've made these changes and I, I will never get liquidated. Um, then, then their plan works. If you didn't have hopeful thinking and you were basically then the DCA strategy that you laid out, Rama would be the one that would be best be utilized. I don't know. Yeah, like I, you tough. know, whenever I, whenever I buy or sell a position in Cosmos, like ninety nine percent of the time, I just use Calc Finance, and I'm not shilling them. I don't own any of their non-existent token. It's just a really nice, easy way to exit that requires very little effort, and it has the least amount of token price impact. So I get more value for money, and uh, you you just set it, forget it. And then you come back after your time frame and you're done. And no one's going to give a shit. Like everyone knows dev needs to sell. They can choose to sell whenever the fuck they want. They're their tokens. Do whatever you want with it. Do it in the most ethical way possible for your token holders. If you want to exit or if you want to do something. Creating a loan as large as this one that's guaranteed. And I say guaranteed because they couldn't pay off the interest. That's guaranteed to cause downwards token price is. It's, I can't think of the word at the moment, but I'm just going to say idiotic because that makes sense. Um, like it's, you just show no regard for, you know, token holders and you take these actions. That's infuriating as an investor. I don't own any Osmo token, just to be clear, but like generally as an investor, it's just infuriating. All right. I, I'm going to go straight tinfoil hat here. If, if you allow me, uh, this could be fun. Um, there are, there are rumblings that uh that in the future that there could be a protocol acquisition strategy of of osmo and osmosis what if the price of osmosis as a total protocol in l1 is too high to be consumed by the aez and so it, there needs to be downward price pressure on osmo and osmosis to get to a particular price where the AEZ and the hub could consume it or need to consume it to protect the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem. So put the downward price pressure on osmosis, get it to 50 million or a hundred million in valuation, and then start to figure out a buyback strategy where, where the hub or, you know, the atom accelerator down the AEZ could then come back and save the day and save the whole entire ecosystem by, by buying Osmo and, and, and protecting the tokens. Is that too crazy? Amazing. The, the hub and its store of value and its deep liquidity comes to save the day. Uh, I, I think that that isn't too crazy. The only thing that stops me from going, oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen, is the sheer hate that Sonny has for anything to do with the hub. 
uh, Osmo is the real hub in his eyes and the, you know, the, the Osmo Maxi's eyes. And I don't see any way in which uh, Osmo joins the AEZ, especially with, you know, DEXs like uh, Duality and uh, Astroport. I hope I got the right one. It's Astroport and Astrovolt um, that come along and uh, are looking to be, you know, the, the liquidity of the AEZ. Um, I think Osmo's far too separated. Having said that, putting on the tinfoil hat again, they did just pass fee abstraction module, uh, which, you know, ties Adam and, the, and Osmo together, the closest they've ever been since I've been around here. So... Um, just one question real quick. Um, was, yeah, obviously, it'd be cool if, and ethical if they did the DCA thing. But if they just didn't and the entire plan was to take out this loan and never repay it um, and just have it basically be an OTC deal that is on chain, what do, you, what do they get? Just 20% off spot? Uh, so the, the thing that makes me think that I think they – sorry, let me reword that because I'm dumb. The thing that makes me think that they – never intended for this to happen is the fact that up until 10 hours ago, they were still providing additional Osmo as collateral to try and reduce the risk. I think if they wanted to, they could just take out the initial loan. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. I thought I got rugged. Um, they, they would have put in the initial loan and then let that 2.4 or whatever it was million Osmo position just slowly get liquidated. They've provided an additional million Osmo to this position to try and bring down the risk rather than just moving it to a new wallet and opening another 1 million Osmo position and taking out the liquidity, right? They could have got themselves another, you know, three to $500,000 USDC if they just took it to another wallet and provided that million or so Osmo. Fair enough. Yeah, just really interesting to see if more teams do this. I think a dashboard that shows, uh, yeah, dev <laughs> dev loan positions would, would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, and you know this gets into a, a whole another conversation around uh, this. There's two sides of things. Like you know, we went through this with the whole you know Jake Hartnell selling stars thing. At the end of the day, like as soon as the tokens go into their wallet, they're their tokens. They can do whatever the fuck they want with them. Uh, whether it's morally right or wrong, or when is the right time and the wrong time to do it, it's up to the individual. Uh, you know, devs fundamentally, devs need to eat. They've got bills to pay, etc. Um, they all get paid through Osmo Foundation, uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, in addition to their inflationary tokens that they can choose to do with whatever they want, uh, it's all about morals and ethics, right? Uh, there are no rules. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, is it seen as a negative? I would suggest that this dev in particular probably cares less about the token price, probably cares more about uh, their, what their team are thinking and saying about them behind the scenes, given what the actions that they've done. This is, in my opinion, an extremely bearish thing for a dev to do at this point in time, right? Like if you had have done this two years ago, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid who wouldn't give a shit. But like, Doing it now and, and taking all of that capital out into wet ETH at the bottom when there's the lowest amount of liquidity, it, like, it just screams to me that like why would you do it now when you've been accruing those Osmo for two years? doesn't make sense. Maybe they see the writings on the wall. Um, 
cool. We got Tryptonomics. I don't know this person, but let's see. Uh, what do you got, Tryptonomics? Hi, how's it going? Thanks. Um, kind of just stepped into the space, kind of catching up on on the discussion. But I, I've been. I'm a developer, um, and I work with blockchain and AI and data scientists, uh, essentially. Um, quite a frequent trader as well. But I've been toying with the idea of like a unified chain. So like a unified chain theory. And I think that instead of putting pressure, buy and sell pressure through like traditional mechanics on these chains, something like a unified chain with Bitcoin and Ethereum, where Bitcoin is an entirely new layered protocol on Ethereum and like also the native token on Ethereum. Um, that would give a lot of value to, well, Bitcoin and Ethereum, of course, but also a lot of the alts. Um, and then, of course, like a lot of the NFTs that are on these layer twos would become like one, two, three, four X valued uh, uh, currencies. So um, maybe that applies to Osmo. Not sure. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe you guys would like to touch on that. Or maybe you have any thoughts. Um, some thoughts on, on this or that as well. You know, layer layer twos on Ethereum are not really being utilized as like to their full potential, and their full potential is like something that can really, like I said, one, two, three, four x values on a lot of NFTs, for instance. So if everybody that owns an NFT is also a member on their own private network for that NFT community, well, there's a lot of inherent value in in, in that community as it's as it's as it's being built, um, like excluding voting criteria and, and voting metrics. Um, just the fact that you're, well, you can designate that private chain as private or public, um, you know, but just being a node on Ethereum, like I think that should be kind of something autonomously done through like an AI layer, where if you buy a certain NFT, well, you're not just, an asset holder of an NFT, an ERC-721 or whatever on, on Ethereum, you're actually a node on a private or public chain, like I said, whatever your designation uh, is, can be pu public, private, whatever. Um, there's just a lot of value there. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Very cool. It's cool, man. I think uh, the, the power of NFTs, not, you know, tokens are being looked at as securities and NFTs really aren't being looked at as securities right now. And so I think that's where a lot of the discussion, if you kind of look at some of like, you know, Sonny's discussions in the past or whatever, what what's really going to power the next wave of, of DEXs. Um, and to, to add a little context, Osmo is the main DEX of the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and if you kind of look at, the tokens that are being traded, you're, you're generally not trading liquid stake tokens. So the embedded APR and APY within uh, liquid stake tokens have, you know, something like, uh, depending on the chain, anywhere from like 5% to 20% to APR, just if you stake the token. Now, if you want to risk a an LP position or on a, on a V2 bonded uh, AMM, then effectively like you have to, you should be at that 20% or higher, or it doesn't really make sense to make 
uh, an LP position. So a lot of the talk within the Cosmos ecosystem, and that's why a big proponent of like Stride being pushed out and a lot of like backing of like Quicksilver and Stride and these liquid staking tokens is that you should really not really LP anything but uh, liquid stake tokens because so that they have some embedded yield uh, underlying. Then, then the LP makes sense because you can get the APR, then you can get the fees on top of the LP position. But what you're kind of talking about is is a whole new kind of consensus mechanism where you're saying, all oh, right, I have this liquid stake position, but the liquid stake position isn't really a position as a token, it's as an NFT. And and there has been some talks about that within the ecosystem at large. Um, that's not necessarily what we're talking about today. It is a cool idea. Um, but what we're talking about today is this massive loan that's been taken out by one of the core devs of a protocol. And then that loan is being liquidated. And, and unfortunately, I, I don't think this would even be a major discussion if Osmo wasn't bonded with practically every other token in the Cosmos ecosystem, which kind of makes this a big ecosystem challenge versus just, hey, there's a couple of founders that no longer believe in their project and they're trying to sell out. So, sure. So. Yeah, I mean, I may comment on that. That's interesting. All right, where else to go with this conversation? Because I think we've hit like every single angle of this thing. Well, like, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the uh, the next, you know, ten to to twenty hours. On uh, will the, you know, got to stay tuned. Will Osmo token price go down and liquidate more, or or is something going to happen? And do these loans unravel? Yeah, it's probably going to go to zero. I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to go to zero, and that's the problem: is that there isn't transparency, and. Uh, like staking in general, you have to wait so much time and you have to, you have to like deploy all this trust, like this trustless trust. And it's kind of ridiculous. I think it's, um, I think it's a dying, it's a, it's a dying area of, of crypto as, as well as like a lot of tokens and, and, you know, these liquidity pools and staking mechanisms, et cetera. Um, there just isn't any inherent value. There isn't any trust and there isn't an AI as a layered protocol. And so, like all of these are just going to zero near zero and unless you're the developer unless you're you know i've talked to a lot of devs that have their own exchanges like unless you're the one writing these these protocols and it's your exchange like you know good luck so i think the entire the entire i mean these aren't ecosystems these are just like environments these are private environments that are not transparent, that are just, you know, liquidating people's wallets and, and just scamming them essentially. So the entire crypto industry needs to change, like, and it needs to change through, well, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's the only way that these layer twos and any other protocols on these chains are going to become more stable and less susceptible to, you know, liquidation events like this, rug, rug pulls, if you will, um, scams. Broad, etc. I wouldn't call this a rug pull, and and what I would say is that you know ETH and Bitcoin have been around for the longest. There's been other tokens that have been around longer, and all of these are financial experiments on building new innovation and new evolution of of financial technology, and in a decentralized manner. And every single one of these things aren't going to survive and make sense in the future. I would say that Osmosis does have a shit ton of trading volume and inherently there's value in that. So I don't think it's going to go to zero. 
as it does trade value with the entire Cosmos ecosystem. And what you're basically saying is that the entire Cosmos ecosystem doesn't have value, in which I completely disagree with. And so really trying to, to put this in, in perspective, um, I would say that the, the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole could, if osmosis goes down another, you know, 20, 30%, um, that could impact, you know, the rest of the ecosystem, another 10 or 15% as an entire contagion. That's, that's really the risk here. I don't think it goes to zero, you know, sure. There's inherent value. I mean, I make that bet, but it's like, the thing is there isn't any experimentation going on anymore. All of the experimentations from, well, I mean, since the eighties, the late eighties, early nineties on crypto, a lot of them failed. Bitcoin is, is succeeding here and there. Ethereum succeeding as a bifurcation or a fork. And all of these other side chains, all of these other pools, these liquidity pools, et cetera, Cosmos, whatever, the, um, these are experiments that have failed like years before. And so, like I said, I mean, the future is like a, some sort of unified chain with like, you know, as a layered protocol on the internet, as well as like an AI layered protocol on, on like all of these chains. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just kind of like, I'm, t- I'm like really tired of like the reality of these technologies not being discussed. And all like there's a lot of dissemination like of of like false 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 like falsified information. It's just false either you know intentionally or non intentionally. So yeah, I mean best of luck to you, but I take that bet. I I take that bet public publicly anywhere. Cool. Thanks for the opinion. And you know, uh, you're I think there's another forty some different chains within the Cosmos ecosystem launching and each one of them has a different flavor of consensus, a different flavor of what they're bringing to the table. Um, Nibiru, I've been tracking for a while, has has a really, it's basically Lavana as a layer one. And, and embedded in the protocol is the ability to leverage perps and perpetual positions throughout the entire ecosystem that they're building. So imagine if you based a, an entire ecosystem around a, a GMX fork and the entire L1 had these perpetual positions available to any single uh, uh, a contract or a permissionless contract built entire t- top of the entire ecosystem. So it's these ideas are good, right? And the experimentation is good. And for every single experiment that we run that doesn't work, we we know another way not to build a light bulb. And kind of what you're proposing is, hey, humans are stupid and we don't know how to create art and build new things. And and the AI will centralize everything and run it for us. I mean, dude, that's scary to me. I mean, that's, not the, that's not the future that I want. Sure. I mean, nobody wants that. That's not exactly what I'm saying. But I mean, I am saying that originality is tough. And that's why like the best in the world is, is the best in the world in whatever fields it's the best in is because, well, it strived to be original and ultimately failed or it didn't fail. It, it almost failed. But didn't i mean it's difficult to be original and that's why there are so many scams out there because people eventually give up and they don't want to you know accept defeat so they'll just you know create a bunch of nonsense and so like yeah this ecosystem is great and but like i mean i mean i don't think it's great i think that there's a lot of you know attention and, and people that think they're trying to innovate but i mean real innovation is not going to occur within an ecosystem that is with in a larger blockchain um i mean the blockchain itself would have to change or the technology for you know trustless decentralized um you know transactions 
verifications, et cetera. I mean, cryptography itself would essentially have to change. And we're seeing that happen with, with like qubits. Um, so yeah, the, the future is exciting, but it's difficult to be original, dude. That's all I'm trying to say. And like sales engineering sucks. Cool. This is just the same thing as sales engineers, you know, financial engineering. It's not real engineering. It's not real experimentation. It's, it's just fake. Okay. I don't know where to go with that. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Um, is like you just have no rebuttal to, to that. Like nobody has rebuttal to that. Agree to disagree. I mean, the rebuttal is everything's a scam. I mean, innovation costs money. You you invest in innovation. Innovation either is successful or it's not. And to say that it's a scam and everything is a scam that does it's not the innovation does not is cost money. Basically, come an idea it doesn't take and looking past it doesn't cost a okay. dollar to create an idea dude so you're wrong i'm sorry i get what you're trying to say but it's just not going to work i mean that 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 type of thinking is not going to create originality create technologies that work and it's not going to yeah i don't know where to go with this i'm tired yeah um, just give up this is it's just fine. like I mean, completely different yeah, it's fine. This is completely different than the off-the-topic conversation. This is completely um, on topic. If you don't believe in startups, if you don't believe in crypto, then just go do something else. Dude, I'm a, de- I'm okay. a developer. I'm you don't a blockchain developer. I, I mean, it's about cryptography. Then you should be... Listen, wait, wait, wait. So, so you're a dev. So you're a dev. Do you get paid? Do I get paid to develop blockchain yeah. technologies? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have several doctor images. Yeah, okay. So you're a scam. Mm-hmm. You're part of the scam. No. Well, if you let me, if you yeah, because you're building anything. You, you you're building anything related. To no, crypto. a Docker image is not a scam. A Docker image that a, a Docker, Docker image, image that uh, spins dude, nodes I... on Ethereum as a private or public chain is not a scam. The client can do what they want with that okay, with that so private chain or public chain. That's, that's literally cosmos. It's derivative innovation, man. You're you're horizontal scaling, and you're saying that, that has... horizontal scaling is just providing new to it. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Stop talking over. Just hold well, on. Well, I'm not you're, done. You're yet. providing like, a horizontal. All right. Sorry. Hey, dude. Hey, guys. It's cool. We're trying to have like a conversation, just talking over people. It's just not cool. Like you're providing a horizontal scaling solution. It's cool. It's needed. And there's innovation embedded in there to provide infrastructure for what already exists. A lot of the stuff that I'm talking about does not exist yet. If you want to say that innovation is completely a scam and experimenting, then then like this may be not the space, right? You're just saying, hey, I'm going to build a faster shovel. I'm going to build a faster pickaxe. That's cool. Like, great. You can build like ASICs that are like seven nanometers or five nanometers rad. Like that's cool too. That's a different type of innovation. There is financial innovation. There are new ways to do things. There are new lending protocols. There are new derivatives protocols. There are new DeFi protocols happening all the time and launching all the time. And that also is innovation. There's innovation at the user experience level. There's there's innovation at the chip level and everywhere in between. Every one of that is innovation. So all the innovation is not equal and all the innovation does not work, but you have to keep trying. Hey guys, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you before, <laughs> right? As you went on that, I was just saying, I got to hop off here. Um, it was good talking with you guys. Rama, thank you for the legal financial advice. Um, I did do what I said I was going to do. Um, I'm putting all of that on you. I'll be in the DMS if it doesn't play out. If, if enough of us do it, we're all guaranteed to succeed at some point.
yeah all we all need to do is just all buy in do the same thing we'll all be rich that's and the last person ends the first loser <laughs> all right have a good night guys yeah i think this is a good place to end it too i'm i'm beat. yeah and, and crypto crypto sorry to interrupt cryptonomics you don't really know me you don't follow me we haven't spoken before i shit talk a lot so don't take it to heart what i was saying before uh, we had a very on topic ecosystem conversation about something and you kind of came in and left fielded it a bit uh i don't actually think you're a scammer uh is everything is most things in crypto a scam yeah slash ponzi that's fine that's what we're all here for. Uh, there's a thousand million blockchains and there'll be another thousand million more. Uh, just keep doing the thing. It's all good, brother. Rama, thank you, man. This is rad. Thanks for everybody for, for listening and uh, hopefully this, this loan unwinds and it, it's not a contagion. Um, but yeah, we'll be here. And uh, thanks everybody for coming. Later. I'm going to peace out. Thanks, Rama. Crypto, we'll talk again. Thanks, so. I'll convince you some other time. Yeah, guys, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. I come with all due respect, by the way. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Later. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting nottas And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over the impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Fond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max Amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the high Stage. Like the shit is played for keeps clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle. Beats tearing apart your community. All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats, and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the street. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served
Thank you.